You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Booth Review. Welcome into another edition of Booth Review. I'm Ken Swanson. I'm here with my guy Brandon McAnderson. BMAC, it is good to see your face. It's good to talk yeah. to you. I know, uh, you know, I didn't get to do this show last week. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of jealous because Chris Chris Harris just showed up on the show. You know, so that yeah, was yeah. kind of uh, that was kind of cool. But uh, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing excellent. I am. Uh, I'm happy to be a Jayhunk, and I'm happy to be heading into this week against in the Sunflower Showdown. To, See some more Jayhawk football. Excited to go check out practice tomorrow as well. Oh man, we, I wish you. I wish we could have talked to you before this practice. You know, uh, but it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. or after this practice. It's all good. But uh, you know, hey man, I I got back from all of my responsibilities on Friday night, real late Saturday morning. Man, that was just that was just a gut wrenching moment for that for that program, and and I feel so bad. You know, for for Jason Bean and everybody, because you know that was that was just an uphill battle, and you know, putting themselves behind six ten nothing before Bean gets hurt too. Like, just that's just a rough way for that game to start. Uh, but that, I think that's the thing that was really just so such a bummer off the top for me is you know they get behind early, but I mean, think about it. They kind of they kind of I think they played ahead with Cole Ballard the rest of the game. Absolutely, and you know beyond that. You know, I am I'm with you on the gut wrenching nature of the loss, but man, I'm such an optimist that, you know, I end up every time I want to be upset about a detail that didn't go this way or that, I come back to the fact that this team continued to fight, continue to give themselves a chance to win. Um, you know, the thir- the field goal that they gave up to to get to thirteen was off of a turnover uh, in the red zone in their own back end. Um, and that only resulted in a field goal. So even that bucket, even that field goal was a giveaway. Um, so if you're looking at every element of how the defense played from the after the first two drives, they were excellent. Their communication was good. They tackled well. They covered. They made some mistakes here and there. But their backs were up against the wall, and they did what they had to do to keep their team in the game. I liked the motivation. I liked the energy. You know, right before that big drive where Devin Neal got everything started, I remember seeing Craig uh, Young standing on the field screaming, pumping his fist, encouraging those guys to get going. You know, this is just a team that is as recently as last year was like, man, we don't have Jalen Daniels. You know, now mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean, and we're still playing competitive football with a middle of the pack Big 12 team with top end talent. Let's not get that confused. Texas Tech has as many dudes as anybody in the Big 12. Now, they've had some injuries at quarterback, they've had some execution issues, they've had some, you know, had to, had to onboard some younger quarterbacks, but that's a talented group player for player and Kansas was right there with them at a game that they probably should have won uh with a third string walk on true freshman quarterback uh behind the wheel so I I just came out of it so proud you know wishing they could have found a way to pull it out but very proud of the effort and, and just their their how much they cared about being Jayhawks on this day and on every day since the season started I uh and we can start with the defense to like I think that's I think that's a good place. Like obviously with Jason B's injury, that was rough. And, you know, the defense early on, Taj Brooks was, you know, it wasn't like he was generating a bunch of explosive runs. 
he was just getting a steady six every down, every down in and out early in, you know, early in the game, they're able to move the ball a little bit. Um, Taj Brooks longest run was 11 yards the entire entirety of the game. They didn't give up an explosive run. They didn't give up an explosive pass play or very many explosive pass plays in the entirety of the game. Uh, only one player on the entire Texas Tech roster had an explosive play. Jaron Bradley. I think he had that big catch down the sideline late in the game. Um, but yeah, I just the the defense, like obviously that early, that early, that that, that slow start was rough. But man, you're right. It, it, they they played their tails off and they played hard and they kept coming up with big play after big play. You know, Texas Tech only scored one touchdown on the game. It was that first drive of the game for them right. is they scored a touchdown. Right. Starting their own territory, even that. Yeah. Three and out Kansas, 48-yard drive, three and out, I believe, another three and out. Mm-hmm. And then Tech goes down and kicks field goal. But, I mean, Kansas was, I mean, Kansas did everything that they could. on def- Offense was giving them a lot of three and outs. You know, even when, you know, they were, you know, they're what they weren't playing complimentary football and not getting the best field position. After that first touchdown, the Kansas defense was playing really, really, really well. And they were on the field a lot. Uh, I think 69, 70 plays, something crazy like that. I mean, they were on, they were on the field a lot. Um, but they just continued to get off the field and they just kept, they just kept rising to the occasion and, uh, Great effort. I mean, it's just a great team effort across the board on the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. You know, the the, the performances that stunk, stuck, out, stuck out to me, excuse me, were Austin Booker. You know, we already know what he is in the past game. We know that he can be a disruptive force. He can make plays. He can do... Man, this guy is, is a terror in the run game just as well. You mm-hmm. saw him. They tried to down block him. They didn't have any luck. They tried to pinch and pull, and he spilled it, but spilled it with, like, violent tendencies, so he allowed mm-hmm. players to get in the backfield and make plays at the linebacker position. Uh, once they got that extra man in the box, um, I like that Brian Borland, you know, opened the game plan, giving them a lot of respect in terms of numbers. You know, so they would have three guys really wide, and we'd have four in the proximity, and that's a run box. So basically we were encouraging them to run. And like you said, they were running, and they were having success, you know, four or five yards a pop. But once he put the numbers back in the Kansas defensive favor and started to trust the outside DBs, the game changed immediately. And this yep. is probably the third game we've seen this where Kansas plays tradition to their traditional style, you know, a, a shell defense, bend but don't break, and they're really not getting the result that they want. And then they switch to a more aggressive defense where their linebackers aren't in drops, and Kenny Logan gets to play in the box and man up on a tight end or a back, and they're just a different team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gets to the point where you're looking at scheme uh, versus personnel, like what what will win out on a given game. Now, it's hard to, you know, I'm not being critical in this moment. They gave up 16 points. You know, it wasn't as if, you know, and, and plenty of possessions. They gave up 16 points and plenty of possessions for Texas State. It was an excellent defensive performance. But when you watch it, you do wonder at what is the line as he game plans to trust those DBs, to allow them to get up inside of people and take away some of those easy throws and force them into um, unfavorable box numbers and say, if you want to run the ball, you're outnumbered. And if you want to throw the ball, we got two six one corners. And, you know, we got O.J. Burroughs, who's one of the best safeties in the country, finally 
uh, he's in the top 10 for uh, defensive players on Pro Football Focus, which we've talked about our beasts with PFF. But I'm glad that they acknowledge uh, OJ and what he's doing this season. I want everyone to know this, that OJ is incredible. And to have him back next year um, is going to be awesome because that guy is a ball hawk. He does not miss tackles. He is so keyed into his details. He almost had an interception on the second drive of the game. His first, his second throw that he even put in the air anywhere down the field, OJ almost picked that off as well. So I, I just like our secondary, and I would like to see them get a game plan from moment one that says our guys are better than your guys. So we're going to load the box. And I think that's where they're going to end up at some point, and I hope it just happens sooner, um, especially with this matchup coming up Saturday. Yeah, I, Borland definitely. Brian Borland definitely takes a little bit of a reactionary approach. I think too. He wants. He, he really does try to feel some things out early on. I think it's kind of what you're talking about with just like the adjustments. Is like, hey, let's invite the run and let's see what happens from there. You know, it felt like the, I don't feel like the defensive line was doing too much living in gaps early in the game, and it felt like they were doing that a little bit more as the game kind of went on. They were kind of playing a little bit more, maybe gap and a half, kind of two gap type look. You know, where they're just kind of holding point, letting the backs try to drive, you know, kind of flow. That's kind of what it felt like they were doing a little bit early. They weren't really trying to get as much upfield. Felt like they were a little bit more upfield minded as the game went on. Um, but yeah, just Borland, maybe, yeah, it's maybe not that, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize 60 points too much either, right? right? Like, yeah. well, I don't have a problem. The, the, the defensive side of the ball was not why this team lost this game. Yeah, you wonder if maybe they, to your point, like, let's just line up. Let's line up and go play him hat for hat and see what happens. And that might be something you see as early as this week. As, as, as Let's just be the aggressor off the top. Let's not be information collectors early on in that game. And not to say that that's a bad thing, but, right. you know, to get hot against this offense early. They found early offensive success against this defense because, you know, there's a little bit of info gathering going on a little bit differently than we might see. Uh, this team, you know, or some other teams across, maybe try to dictate with their own talent. So I think it's a, I think it's a real good point. Uh, but anybody else on the defensive side of the ball you really wanted to focus on, BMAC? I love the defensive tackles. I, you know, we talked about Caleb Taylor last week, but man, is he good? You know, he he can do two things really well. You know that he can push the pile if you double team him. He can really drive that whole thing back. But he's also athletic enough to get up and disrupt in the passing game. You've seen him get pressures and knock balls down. I just love that in Devin Phillips' absence, it hasn't felt like a huge absence. And Devin Phillips is a great player. Like He's been a very good player for Kansas. And that just speaks to how good Caleb has played. Um, I thought Jeremy Robinson and Booker on the defensive end spots really disrupted their run game and really gave linebackers and safeties more time to get up and make plays. I thought that was impressive because we talk about you know, different position groups like the receiver group will have a game where all they do is block and then they'll have a game where all they do is catch. That's a that goes to the defensive end group as well. There's games where they dominate with pressure and there's games where they dominate just getting in and being disruptive in the run game. I like the way that those guys played. Um, I thought Rich Miller has looked really healthy the last two weeks. I thought he played well again. Um, so I, I'm excited to to see these guys continue to get opportunities. I like that they were able to get some stuff on Kobe. You know, the two penalties that he got, um, the inside slants. I think that's, you know, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. Let's invite people to throw the ball his way a little bit more. Let's have him dial into his techniques a little bit better, you know, and become a better player because there's still always a level he can get to. But I, I like that he was challenged outside. And I just want to see these guys bounce back because they have, you know, when they haven't given 
on these little, like you said, it was a great performance collectively. But I think when there's details that get away from you, you remember those. And those guys that want, want to get some of those plays back this coming week. Sounds like Lance Leipold had this group back in the building the day after trying to get ready, get ready to go. I'm kind of, that was just, I was thinking about that, like, hey, working on these little details. I'm just, you know, they were right back at it. They didn't let him think too much about it the next, uh, the, uh, you know, the next day. Hey, if you're checking, you know, if you're watching this, you obviously know I'm rocking some, uh, some home field apparel right now. Make sure you are checking all them out for all their great, uh, all their great KU gear. They got all kinds of different colleges as well. If you're some reason, if you're, if you're listening from the K-State side, wanting to check this show out as well, they've got those as well, but no seats. 23 is the promo code that gets you 15% off home field apparel. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right now. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, let's talk about this offense, B-Mac. And I'll just tell you this. Um, if you wanted to understand 
if you wanted to get a glimpse of what the culture of this football team looks like now, if you wanted to get a glimpse of life after some of the names that you know now, I think just watching this team gut this thing out, you know, come back with the kind of fight they did with a freshman quarterback, like that, that, that was such a culture moment watching this team fight despite some adversity and watching this offense kind of start putting some things together late in that game. It just, it's just a reminder of just the names are going to change a lot over the next, you know, however long Lance Leipold and company and this group specifically are together. But I mean, you're, you can, I, th- this was a moment for me where it's like, you can kind of see like good things are going to happen. They're going to find ways to win. They're going to find ways to you know generate offense and figure things out. They're going to find a way to kind of put things together. And you saw obviously some, some struggles early offensively, but they kind of got some things going late in the game and uh, were able to, you know, they're generating some offense. The one thing you're, you're, you're going to point to, I think off the top though, the red zone, the red zone was obviously a, a big challenge for this offense. And it kind of makes sense when you've got a red shirt or a walk on, freshman quarterback everything tightens up there it gets a little trickier yeah so in preparation for this show i've tried my best to not turn into jelly roll at the country music awards where i'm willing to start <laughs> preaching but I, man i'm out here preaching guys i know that as a fan base we look at these outcomes and we think about them as being man we really missed an opportunity man we really missed an opportunity and i know why you feel that way uh with the Jalen daniels injury last year against tcu felt like a lot opportunity was lost but what i'm telling you is that there will be more opportunities there will be a lot more opportunities for this team to climb that hill and get over the hump maybe not these players but definitely this program i implore you to look at the depth on the roster right now and some of the guys we have the luxury of redshirting are very good players i implore you to stay with this group because this is just the beginning this is not ending of anything. And let me give you a couple examples. TCU was down to their third string quarterback early in the year. They had a four-star player, a very decorated recruit. He was a true freshman. He came in and he threw the ball to the other team immediately. And he really struggled. They couldn't move the ball at all. Texas Tech reached the same fate uh, when Baron Morton was injured in the game. They had to go to Jake Strong. Jake Strong is a top 300, four-star Every accolade at this in the state of Texas in high school football, he had, and he really struggled, especially against K State. I mean, he threw four or five interceptions in that game alone. And then you look at Cole Ballard, mm. who was steady Eddie, who executed, who made plays when he needed to. He was tough. He was dialed into the game plan. Um, he had some, he had some know how that you're not used to seeing from a true freshman quarterback. And to put that into perspective, Kansas has two true freshmen on their depth chart at all. All right, Keaton Quebecca um, being one of them, um, and then the left tackle from Kansas Calvin or from Lawrence Calvin, Calvin Clements being the other. Calvin hasn't played at all. Quebecca probably played about six or seven plays to open the season. He was in a couple packages. So this is the first true pre- freshman to play all year at all, and not only is he the first true freshman to play, he's running the show. So I thought that his imp- his performance was impressive. Texas Tech did what you should do to a walk on true freshman quarterback. They blitzed the heck out of him. He handled it all very well. I was incredibly impressed with his poise. I was incredibly impressed with the other players' belief in him. 
Mm-hmm. I thought that was the most unique thing. You know, like there is a a certain type of body language that you have when you go to your backup. And you can tell by the body language of the surrounding players whether or not it's an issue. And it was not an issue. You saw that there was a lot of confidence in him from the group. You saw they were picking him up and motivating him. And then you saw him just flat out make plays. You know, the the throw to Luke Grimm that resulted in the pass interference was a great throw. Um, the the backing thrown off his back foot to Mason Fairchild for a first down on third and 12 against pressure. All out blitz, game on the line. Sees Mason Fairchild has a step, puts the ball up in the air, hoping that maybe he gets a chance to get it, forces a penalty. He was just very smart. Pulled it on the option, read it, got 12 yards, got him into a goal-to-go situation. I thought his performance was incredible, and I come away from that game pretty optimistic about his future if he is the starter this Saturday. You know, he showed some option chops, and that's been the one thing that Kansas has not been able to do this season is get to that triple option stuff, primarily because they have quarterback injuries every week. Um, so that I'm interested to check out. But I was very impressed with Cole Ballard. I was very impressed with the veteran receiving core um, and Lawrence Arnold and uh, Quentin Skinner made big plays down the stretch. Um, you know, Devin Neal is just a playmaking machine. They got their run game going. I thought the offensive line did not play well to open the game. I thought they really struggled in the first half to move um, those bigger athletic Texas Tech interior linemen. And they kind of had their way, but they bounced back. They found a way to compete. I thought that 98-yard drive that resulted in a you know tackle for loss on the goal line, that was impressive, man. That I mean, that was with – that was with – they didn't have a halftime. They didn't have a chance to discuss really anything with Cole. And they were able to figure out a way to get the ball down the field. And, you know, they went for the touchdown because I think in their eyes they were thinking, we might not get down here again. Well, they got down there three more times. So I think that speaks to um, their belief in Cole and his ability to execute and, and just see the field and make plays. I have a lot of things about Cole Ballard that I want to talk about. Um, and like, I think uh, one of the things you see, it, I don't think there was any restrictions on the playbook when he jumped in. No. And that's impressive in and of itself. They're trying some of the fake look to the sideline stuff. They're work. They're executing some of the stuff, like some of the little, little intricacies of this offense, where they're doing the fake look, quick snap to try to get people, you know, caught off guard looking back to the sideline. They're you know trying to execute sugar huddle stuff. Um, I will complain about the sugar huddle real quick. Uh, I can't stand it. I I'm, I I I don't get too critical of this team very often. But I've just seen that sugar huddle so many times over the last three seasons, and I rarely remember it actually working. The rushing to the line of scrimmage, trying to get snap, it doesn't. I don't think it's done much for them as far as generating offense, and I don't think it's done much for. It's all they get given them an advantage at the line of scrimmage in some of these short yardage situations that they're trying to get to. I don't think it's you know I, I just haven't seen it work, and it feels like you know Texas Tech was ready for it. And Texas Tech did make it. They they blitzed. They rushed that that guy just split you know split a gap and ran through. I just that's just something like I just I struggle with. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. But that's my little that's my little one of my few complaints about the offense because you're that guy's Kent Swanson hates sugar. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. But just you know I just I don't know man. I that's something I struggle with. But. They 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 did whatever they wanted to do with Cole Ballard. Like they, there was nothing off the table. I don't really think. I mean, even some of the the option stuff, they were still running it. And well, that I'll get to. I'm I'll get to that in a second. 
Um, so I just I thought his command of an understanding of the offense was great. Um, how hard he ran it, it was so fun to watch, and how hard he played was so fun to watch. And if you want to talk about guys wanting to rally around somebody, that's why. And you saw that run down in the red where someone's earpiece po- popped out. Uh, someone, I don't know if it was Coles. I don't know if it was the guy he hits, but there's just a white earpiece or something falling out of a helmet. And just watching him run with the kind of aggression that he has, that's why people um, are going to rally around him. I think, you know, there was a level of fearlessness to him. The moment wasn't too big for him. The offense wasn't too big for him. The situation wasn't too big for him. He was, uh, there, there was, there were rookie mistakes, freshman mistakes for sure. Like he's, you know, but it was some of his freshman mistakes where I'm going to just hang on the ball a little bit too long. I'm going to get rocked. I'm going to get this ball off, but I'm going to get rocked. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it still wasn't, it was not, uh, his toughness still shown even in some of the moments where maybe you would like to see him processing and seeing some things a little bit quicker. Right. But I, I, I came away very impressed with him. I get why they want to try to redshirt him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You saw the, uh, you saw the call, the, uh, the play action throw to Tory Lachlan. That was a 22 yard game. That was a play. He went up to the line of scrimmage and changed the play. You could hear him say, kill, kill. So like you, like you mentioned, there's, there was clearly a trust from the coaching staff to him that there was not going to be a huge difference uh, in terms of the play calling. The interesting thing about Cole Ballard is during the first two weeks of camp, he lit camp on fire. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the guy that really stood out. When you talk to the coaching staff and some of the players and some of the support staff, his name came up a lot. Now, he cooled off because he's a true freshman and quarterback's a hard position, but that kind of gives you an idea of what his expectations were when he came here. He did not come here to sit on the bench. And you could see when he got the opportunity, he was ready to take advantage. And he's a big guy. You know, I know it's, you know, he's a he's a young quarterback. He's not a small guy. I mean, he's a 6'2", you know, 215 type body type, a good straight line runner. Um, you know, he doesn't have the kind of pizzazz and zip on the football that those other guys have. But he also doesn't have any issue getting it there. No. Um, I thought he threw it with a good level of touch. Um, he threw it from different platforms, you know, backing up or you know, or rolling to one side or the other. He just made good choices, you know, and he did, like you said, he, he threw that quick out to open the drive. It looked like the game was over, you know, and the guy dropped the pick six, um, and that was a big mistake. But other than that, you know, even the throw to Jared Casey, the guy made a really good play. Um, he could have put it a little bit further out, but there wasn't a lot of, like, glaring mistakes other than, like you mentioned, you know, holding the ball. One of those sacks was like a boot rail, you know, throwback kind of thing. So, you know, you'd want to stick with that. He maybe missed some check downs you know, on some crossers. But, I mean, there was just not a lot of issues in terms of his understanding of what he was looking at. And I think that bodes well in that Texas Tech blitzed every play. I mean, they they were run blitz. They run blitz from the moment the game started. I think that was that is something that Kansas is going to see a lot of this week, too. Um, teams are going to try to disrupt their running game with blitz, and the answer to that is option. So I do think that there were some positives in terms of Cole Ballard showing that he can be an option threat. And I think option is always a good counter to run blitzing, especially run blitzing from the edge, which is what Texas Tech did a lot. They 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 slanted their line and they brought edge. And what they ended up doing was just occupying all the gaps and making it hard to run zone. Um, I liked when they went to that two-back set uh, when they were backed up and had Devin Neal lead block yeah. and ran counter. That was a good look. So they have, I mean, you know, you think about Cole Nicky and this staff, they've got an answer for pretty much everything. It's just a matter of, 
what's that starting game plan? What fits the quarterback well? And, and how can they execute it? But this team is not looking at Cole Ballard like their season's over. And, and that's what I would say with absolute certainty. This K-State game here before we get out of here. Uh, but I want to say something. You Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season, BMAC? It's crazy. Yeah. We got to make every second count with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Get in the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on the NFL only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook. For details and state-specific responsible gaming resources, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. So yeah, you for showdown, if you are so inclined, go throw some money down on the Hawks if you want. I think there's some some good odds for them because they are underdogs for this game. Uh, I let's talk about this Kansas State game. Uh, obviously, you know this team started to find their footing a little bit offensively in the second half of that game. You talk about the option game. I think like I think that's a great to start. You know, and that's something you were kind of talking about right before we went off to talk to you know went to break. But you know, I, I think I think the option game was looking really really strong with the football you know, running the ball, utilizing his legs. He's plenty athletic enough to be able to execute some of this stuff. And, I mean, ultimately, you know, getting an explosive off the option play was something that, you know, worked really well for Kansas late. And I, I, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't be stunned if you saw them kind of employ that a lot in this game here. Absolutely. I think that's that's the way they have to play. They've got to get those numbers back in their favor when they can. And a good way to do that is option. And to give you background on what I mentioned before was, you know, being as an option quarterback, that's not his thing. You look at his his speed and you would think that it was, but he struggles with angles. He struggles with correct option angles. Sometimes he's on it, you know, like against Texas, he had a couple good yeah. runs. He was on the angle, uh, but he misses it most of the time. There was a run early. There was a speed option early in the game that might have been six if he was a little bit more on track. It ended up being a nine-yard gain, but you can see his tendency is to just widen. And the funny thing about that is that that's what the defense wants you to do. They want to widen so you can give them more time to run over the top. I saw Cole seem to have better angles in terms of pulling and running straight lines. So I expect them to be improved in that area. The other part of that is they've got a bunch of different ways to get people involved in option. So to me, when you're playing Cole Ballard and Cole Ballard is going to get, be in the game plan, you know who else is going to be in the game plan? Tory Lachlan. And that's yeah. always the thing. Uh, his versatility as a blocker and uh, escaping out of the backfield. I think those two things go hand in hand. Like I said, I am a ridiculous optimist. So if you're telling me Cole Ballard's going to play a lot and going to start the game and the game plan is going to be built for him, Tory Lachlan is going to be in that game plan. And I think that's a good thing for Kansas, just with his ability to run route block and really do whatever you need him to do. 
The second part of that too is that I think you'll see more movement to get to option, which I thought is what made them unique last year was the the, the many ways that they could get into option looks. Uh, Jared Casey plays heavily into that. Uh, Tory Lachlan plays heavily into that. Some of that motion and shifting plays have, it just really opens it up and makes it really hard to defend Kansas. And on top of that, you've seen Kansas really create a whole new run game this year uh, where they've been outside zone. They've been the, uh, the, the, the pools, uh, the man blocking schemes. They're just really versatile when they get all the way into their run game bag. Now I'm hoping that with Cole Ballard's ability to run the football, that you start to see some of those difficult looks that are really hard to defend. I, so a lot of thoughts. Yeah. I think you're going to see this. This feels like a, if you've got, and look, we got, I, I am excited about Cole Ballard and his outlook in his future. I think he did some really good things. I think can just can win this game with him. Um, That being said, you still want to try to make it easy on a, on a, on a, on a freshman quarterback that's not had a ton of experience in the Big 12 in the kind of magnitude of a game it was. And I think you saw KU do some things in the second half to try to help take a little bit of the pressure off of him. Some more of the, of the, of the Wildcat. I mean, they tried, they tried the, they tried to throw the ball in the red zone with Devin Neal over putting it in the hands of, of the, of the freshman quarterback. And like after some of the lack of success early in the red zone, with him they you know they try to make a few adjustments that's not knocking just a tough that's a look quarterbacks make their money on third down and in the red zone those are the two hardest hardest things to do as a quarterback and it's it's a tall task to try to throw too much on Cole Ballard so I'm not I'm not knocking the kit but I do think this game and not that they're just gonna go out and run wildcat the entire time or anything like that but this is one of those games where a lot of the stuff that you've set up over the course of the season, you pay off, I think. Um, and, you know, because of the situation you have at your quarterback position, I think it's good to take a little bit of pressure off him. You talk about Tory Lachlan. Tory Lachlan, there's a lot of little things that, I mean, we talk about as a blocker, as a runner, as a receiver. You know, he played a little bit of quarterback too. You might have a few Tory Lachlan wrinkles in there. Maybe he's throwing the ball once or twice. Maybe he's taking a few more snaps and they're running a little bit more read stuff. I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. I just know that this is a game where nothing's off the table. And you come up with a few ideas here or there to just try to take a little bit of pressure off your young quarterback, give K-State a variety of looks. Um, I think I think they can do some good things. That requires staying ahead of the sticks, though. I mean, your base principles have to be on point. You have to execute the little things. And you got to put yourself in some favorable downs where you can try a few things here or there and try to catch them off guard with a few things. So your your core principles have to still be what they are and they still have to kind of, you know, help set the tone and dictate the game. But, you know, Kansas will have, I think, some wrinkles ready for Kansas State to give them. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the red zone stuff. I, you know, seen the fan base with frustration and rightfully so. But, you know, especially with the red zone play calling and there's just not a lot of space down there. So when you got a guy that hasn't played a ton and now he's in live action in, inside in the tight red and some of those goal to go situations, it's hard. That's <laughs> just like not a lot of space, you know, and it's, you know, it's hard to anticipate in that space. You know, if you're not getting man, you know, you really can't say, oh, well, my guy's going to be over here and that's where I'm going to throw the football. And Texas Tech was playing a lot of zone like they should against a young quarterback, especially down there. So really the only option 
you know, would have been a jump ball to one of the physically advantaged guys. And they didn't, they didn't choose to do that. They want to keep the ball out of harm's way. And they were right. <laughs> they did help them stay in the game. It helped them tie the game up late. So, I mean, they, you know, if you look at those coaching decisions and you're critical, they were right. They were able to, they were able to salvage it with defensive stops and get the tie game that they wanted. So I do think that that's just hard for everybody. And, you know, and what he was able to do on third down was a much bigger deal. Um, you know, keeping them at their at their average, pretty much, you know, 50 near 50 percent on the day. I thought that was a much bigger deal um, than what he did in the red zone. But I feel like those are the kind of things that he'll grow towards. And oh, sure. in response, they'll just be they'll in that tight red, that 30 to 40 in, they'll just be more aggressive there, which is what they'll have to do. They'll have to be more aggressive on pushing the ball down the field when they do cross midfield to avoid some of those tight red zones. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they'll they'll improve that. Like I said, everything you've thought of, they've thought of. <laughs> so there's just nothing you've thought of that these guys aren't preparing for. So I'm excited to see what kind of wrinkles they have. And make no mistake, this team is going to try to win this football game. They're going to pour everything into the opportunity to win this football game. It's important to these players, this staff, and especially these seniors going out, not having beat this team. That means something here. And um, I expect them to pour everything into this opportunity. Yeah. I, I don't think it's um you know I don't think it's a a death sentence that this team doesn't have Jason Dean for this game and obviously you would like to ha- you'd like to have him you know but I do think that there is um I, I think there's there's a path to success a, a path to success off offensively for this team you know to go out and win this game it's not gonna be easy um and you're gonna have to try to limit the mistakes as much as you can. Uh, you have to run the football successfully, I think, uh, and you're going to have to try to play complementary football with, uh, you know, with your defense, with your run game, and, and just try to help support your young quarterback. But like, I do, I'm, I don't think this is a this is a doom and gloom scenario where this team can't go out and win this football game. It's just going to take a big effort, and it's going to take a collective effort. But to your point, like this is a group that's always been about the collective effort, and they started figuring some things out. I thought late in the game, you know, obviously they they score 13 points in the second in the fourth quarter almost come back and when they tie that football game and you know we know what happened at the end but I mean I yeah I I think this you know I think there's 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 still plenty on the table and there's still plenty for this this group offensively to 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 do some good things and and do enough to help them win the football game I think the defense you know BMAC you spent so much time talking this year about Kansas defense at home and that's shown itself, I think, the entirety of the season. You know, another really strong performance for them uh, this week. They've played well at home. Like, that's something to take into consideration when you're looking at this Kansas State-KU game is how good the KU defense has been at home. They're going to have to put another strong performance together against an offense that is playing extremely well right now. Absolutely. And, you know, what's interesting about some of their home performances is there's been games where the defense has had to play well when the offense hasn't. Um, Iowa State comes to mind, you know, to where we weren't able to move the football at all after the opening two drives, and that Kansas defense got stop after stop. They were stingy in the red zone, and they were able to stay in the game. Now, the difference in the last two weeks has been Kansas is giving up 98% touchdowns in the red zone. It's the worst in the country. But if you look at the last two weeks, Iowa State with Craig Young, they saved that touchdown Um over that pass over the middle that ended up being the difference in the game and allowed Kansas to extend their lead 
And then this week, or last week against Texas Tech, they were able to get multiple stops in the red zone, uh, resulting in two field goals. That was a difference in the game. So they, it cannot be a game where Kansas State is four for four with four touchdowns. Uh, it, it, that cannot be the winning recipe for this Kansas defense. They have got to stifle Kansas State in the red zone and make them kick field goals if they have a chance to win this game. And if they do that, I think they will. Uh, anything else on, def- on defense you want to talk about before we get out of here? No, nothing I can think of. I'm just excited to see the ways in which Kansas Kansas matches up with Kansas State. I think the the Philip Brooks Craig Young thing is going to be interesting to follow. You know, do they do they do they want to put Craig on Senate or do they want to use Kalen Gervin on Brooks? You know, how will they handle that that nickel sub? You've seen them kind of go back and forth between the two of those guys. Um, I'll be interested to see how they deploy Craig this week. Uh, but I thought they had a good game plan for K State last year um, down in Manhattan. Uh, defensively, and they were able to. If they would have been able to get that stop on the long, the long screen to Deuce Vaughn, that could have been a different game as well. So I think they did some nice things last year. I'm interested to see in, in what ways they kind of uh, carry over into this season. I think you know, for me, it's I think it's starting fast, both sides of the ball. I think it's winning the turnover battle, and I think it's winning the special teams battle. I think those are three key factors for Kansas in this game. Um, you know, if you follow some of the K State guys that we have on KC Sports Network, they've spent a lot of time talking and bemoaning the special teams for Kansas State. That could be a factor here because Kansas Kansas special teams have been good. Sean Snyder effect, baby. Yeah, sir. You know, um, but yeah, I think you know. I don't even know if it's not. I don't know if it's starting fast as much as it's just not starting slow. Not starting slow. Just you know, it doesn't even have to be a fast start. It just you can't start slow. You can't put yourself too far behind early. You can't play from behind. You need to, you know, play, you know, in a neutral kind of game script uh, with a young quarterback. I think you need to run the ball effectively. Gallup, your Turner, and then special teams. So those are those are the things that I think are really important to me. If Kansas is going to pull this off, um, and it would be a pretty special moment if they're able to pull this one off, you know, and like this, like I'm just, there is absolutely nothing that. I you can take away from this program and where they're at, what they've done, and how far they've come in such a short amount of time. There's absolutely nothing you can take away from them. And there's been so many signature moments in this season that give you the reason for optimism for this program. And I don't know if Kansas is going to be able. There's a lot of adversity that they're going to have to deal with to win this football game. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do it, but K State better be looking over their shoulder because. You know their their dominance in this series is not going to be lasting much longer because Kansas football is playing at a just a, rem, a remarkable they're they're just what they've done in such a short amount of time is so impressive and I can't get over it and I genuinely believe this team is on to great things and when the college football playoff expands to twelve Kansas is going to be in that conversation you know several years in the future as long as Lance Leipold and company are in town. Um, but yeah, I, I still, I think they can, I think they can do this. I genuinely do. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm picking them to, but I believe that it is in, it is in the realm of possibility that they're able to pull it off. Are you predicting a win, BMAC? What are you doing here? I'm absolutely predicting a win and I'll take you back to my first start as a football player was in 2004. It was after the last time that Kansas State had won the Big 12. 2003 with L. Roberson and Darren Sproles. They went down and 
smacked Oklahoma down in Arrowhead. Ended up winning the Big 12 in 2003. 2004, they came to Kansas for a night game. It was my first start. Uh, we ended up winning that game 28-24. to Big run from John Randall to finish the game. Uh, a slant for a touchdown. Jason Swanson to Mark Simmons. Uh, that kind of gave us the, the, the lead that we needed. I'm expecting that kind of performance, especially since it's on senior night. You know, mm-hmm. senior night is going to mean something to these guys, especially when you have it against your rival. So I am picking them to win. I do expect them to win this football game. I hope you're right, man. I genuinely do. That would be such a special moment for this program. Another one. Another one. And that, please, I hope it's emphasized. It's just another one. Absolutely. Because there's so many. It's so much fun to watch this football team right now. And it's so much fun to have seven wins on the ledger already, two games to go, and having a bunch of what-ifs on the losses. You right. know? Like, come on. Like, there's a, you know, it's it's a it's pretty special what's happening right now. This this team has only I'm doing the math. I think they've only lost one game where the quarterback they started the game with ended the game. Or the quarterback oh. they expected to start the game, I guess, ended with the game. Right. Jalen Jalen was a scratch shortly after, you know. Right. But I mean, they two their two losses have been a lot of quarterback adversity either right before the game or during the game. So yes. um just yeah, it's been special, man. And uh this would be just another escalation to the belief I think of this fan base because if you can do this with the kind of adversity that they've had to deal with as a program and still have seven wins and then get to eight man come on be pretty special uh I'll, I'll be excited to watch this game BMAC I'm sure you're gonna have a great time on the sidelines for this one I'm uh I'm insanely jealous of you buddy that is going to do it for booth review yeah for BMAC I'm Ken Swanson we'll catch you later Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.